Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, if you have ever considered becoming a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, enrollment opens soon. So whether you are a coach, you are a practitioner, or you are an athlete who wants to become who you needed during pregnancy, postpartum, or you just really want to learn more about this or the season that you're currently in, this is the certification program for you. It is totally online and self-paced, which means you get ongoing access to the curriculum. I would love to have you join the team of international coaches that are truly changing the game for women in their communities, whether it's online or just their local community. They are making a big difference and I would love to have you join that effort. So you can get on the wait list, which is at www.briannabattles.com slash waitlist. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today I am here with Emily Rausch and she is a chiropractor but she specializes in working with pole dancers. So I'm so excited to bring her expertise on to the podcast today. She's also a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. So she really has a great um, understanding of so many different bodies, especially as it relates to pole dancing. So Emily, thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm super excited. Yeah. And it's cool as Emily lives in the Boise area and she was one of the first people who reached out to me when I moved here and was like, Hey, Let's meet up. And I was so grateful because I didn't have any friends or anything. And I just, I loved that about you, how uh, welcoming you were and that like we had this PNPA coach network that was already established here. It was super cool. It was super cool. Yeah. We went to, what did we go? Cafe Zupas and got like salads. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. You tell me where we're going. I have no idea what's around here. Which was super interesting because I hadn't lived in Boise for very long either. I think I was only here for like four months by the time like you came so it's like a little bit of the blind leading the yeah. blind a little less blind leading yeah. the blind but hey okay. we we are figuring it out together my friend We're figuring it out i love it so give me a little like give us some context on your background educational background work background and what you're doing now love it so i am a certified chiropractic sports physician which is a fancy way of saying i'm a chiropractor that specializes in sports medicine Um, And when I was applying to chiropractic school and like even going through the program, I really just wanted to like specialize in like traditional athletes. Like I grew up playing like soccer and basketball. I threw the javelin in college, very much a like traditional athlete. And then at some point I was actually trying to think of when I got into aerial, it would have been like after undergrad. And I was kind of in like a, a conflict of like, super structured sports weren't bringing me joy anymore, but I still wanted to be active. 
But like, how do you do soccer as an adult? I know there are adult leagues, but I was so used to like, you know, Monday through Friday, you you went to practice Mm -hmm. and then you had games. And I was like, okay, that part of my life is gone. And so like, what do I do? How do I like work out without like a coach telling me what to do? Um, And somehow stumbled into, this was when I lived in Montana, into an aerial studio and they had a wide variety of there's like different apparatuses. So there was one that I really loved and I stuck with it for a really long time. It's called a hammock or a sling. Um, and it's like a, a looped piece of like silk fabric. Really love that. When I went to chiropractic school, that was like my, my way of working out. I had one class. It was Tuesday night that I went. I did my little sling class. I got to be off the ground. It's really fun to like spin and like throw yourself around without touching the ground. And then the downfall of fabric is it you can burn yourself with it. So I was at the point where I was like wrapping myself up and then you would like let go and like gracefully fall and then catch yourself um, at the end. But I was ending up fabric burned like up and down my spine, which doesn't go well with like chiropractic school, right? Because people are touching your body all the time. Um, So I was like zero out of 10, love this. And one of my TAs in one of my classes was also a pole instructor. Like she like taught was taking classes and was like a pole instructor and so I was like pole seems like it could be cool like I'm not gonna get burnt doing it but I can still be like off the ground and I went to one class I drug my guy friend his name is Jan with me he hated it I fell in love um and today is six years literally it's my pole anniversary today six years of pole dancing well I am so happy to spend this anniversary with you <laughs> thank you so awesome being able to talk about it I love that you're able to find a non-traditional sport that has helped kind of fill that that cup that so many of us crave after being in organized sports and having that kind of structure it is hard to find that as an adult it is and I feel like a lot of college athletes go through like an identity crisis where you're like if I'm not competing in whatever your sport was, like, am I still an athlete? Mm -hmm. Am I, am I not? I know I, yeah, I really struggled with it and had a a really good chunk of time where I was like, I, I don't know if I'm an athlete because I'm not like as in it as I was. And like, how do I, how do I do this? Um, which like, yeah, I'm, I'm learning is not unique, but when I was in the thick of it, I was like, I'm having all these feelings and no one else seems to be having the feelings. What's going on? (laughs) I love it. So tell me, like, what are you doing now? Like, what does your work look like for you? I primarily work with people virtually, which is super interesting because once again, when I was going through chiropractic school, I even my like um, master's degree and my postdoc is like very hands on, like sideline education. Like an athlete goes down on the field. Here's how you make sure that they're not going to die and like, you know, walk them through a rehab process. Um, how I got into working with pole dancers was from my own body being injured, had a few different shoulder injuries, and it's kind of a a unique way of moving. And so even though I have a lot of education about the body, it's hard to one, like assess yourself, you like you kind of can, but then there's like a little bit of like, I can't see the back of my shoulder. And trust me, I tried the number of videos (laughs) that I have of like me, like filming myself trying to figure out like what's going on with my own body. Um, and so I would go to other sports medicine people and be like, Hey, here's a video of what I need my body to do. I'm having pain like at this part, can you please help me? But there was like a knowledge gap and a lot of, yeah, a lot of providers. So I got really frustrated. I got like actually like really fucking pissed and 
promised myself that I was going to learn as much as I possibly could from anyone that I could learn about so that other people would not have to go through what I was going through. Like the tears, the like frustration, the like, I want to be able to do this. I don't understand why I can't anymore without pain. And that was, and continues to be a journey, like an education journey. So I shifted from really trying to grow like an in-person practice here in Boise to working with people all over the world, like pole dancers all over the world that have whatever body part injury that they have going on. Yeah, I love it. And you know, such a strong sentiment behind a lot of people who enroll in the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism certification is they want to become who they needed, but it's not necessarily because they're pregnant or postpartum. It's like, they just want to become a resource for understanding, being able to help others with whatever issue it may be. Like you're not a mom yet, or maybe who knows. Right. So but you were still able to enroll in that certification and now you're using your work to become who you needed in a lot of different ways. Why did yeah. you become a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach? That was before I realized I wanted or like needed to specialize in pole dancer. So I was still in chiropractic school and I feel like maybe Shante, were you on Shante's podcast at some point? Oh yeah, been on yeah. that. A few, few times? times? Yeah. Uh, so somehow on Instagram, I like found you. I was gonna say we found each other. Um, you, you didn't know who I was at that point. Um, <laughs> and that my like, yeah, life goal was to like work with athletes. Um, I feel like female athletes are like an underserved population. And then a lot of women end up pregnant at some point in their life. Um, and so I'm like, I'm not going to be the provider that has this knowledge gap. Like that was like a, a driving force behind it was like, if a woman comes to see me, and she's either pregnant or postpartum. I don't want to be the like, just don't do that doctor. And I didn't love my, so we did have like a pregnancy and postpartum like class in chiropractic school, but it was like one class and it was like super, super brief and like really high level of like, make sure they're working on their breathing and like, you can teach them how to like hip hinge. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But like, once again, like I want to specialize in athletes. So like, what are we doing for pregnant and postpartum athletes? And uh, I think I pissed my instructor off quite a bit because I was the like, well, what if they're already used to this? Like, what if they're already running? What if they're already like lifting? Like, what are our recommend- recommendations then? And it was a lot of like, just tell them to listen to their body and like, it'll be okay. And I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like with peace and love, like this is like not, not enough. And so the um, like the universe, like we were talking about before the call went on, so, like it was like perfect timing where I was like frustrated with my class and then you were opening like enrollment for it. And I was like, let's go. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool now because what I've seen with you and your social media and then just through our conversations is you're really able to cast a wide net and the people that you're helping, you know, a lot of women are involved in pole dancing. I feel like that's grown in exposure and interest over the past few years. I don't know if that was like a post COVID thing because they could kind of do it from home. I don't know, but it seems like the exposure has grown a lot. And with that comes more women who are maybe entering pregnancy or thinking about being pregnant, are pregnant or are postpartum and are wanting to do pole dancing or any form of aerial. So I feel like you're able to like cast a wide net of knowledge and help for so many people. Yes. And you are completely right. The popularity of it, especially in the U S I feel like mm-hmm. it, it started peaking with like JLo pole dancing um, during the Super Bowl. 
And then there's a lot of like rappers that will bring pole dancers on stage, like Snoop Dogg was just in Boise and like a couple of my friends danced with him. Um, and then with COVID, it was like, you can't go to the gym. We're all on social media algorithms, you know, a pole is a lot of people think it's expensive. It's only like $400, which if you think of like a gym piece of equipment, that's not like super crazy. Um, and then with everything being online, yeah, it was like, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really does. It really does seem like there's just been an uptick in interest and popularity and just exposure for the sport. Yeah. I think what are some misconceptions people have about it? I think the biggest misconception is that it's easy. Okay. I think like it's easy. People think it's easy because they are watching people that are good at it, whether it's like JLo or, you know, people in music videos or whatever, not taking into consideration that one, they've been probably training for a lot of years, um, but that it's hard to hold your entire body weight up, right? Like how, how many people do you know that can dead hang? or even active hang and then like move their like core around. Not, not a lot of people do, Um, which is actually, I have beef with a lot of the marketing that pole studios do because it's marketed that pole is for everybody and for everybody, but there's, there should be some asterisks on like, it's hard. It's hard to do things. And if you don't have the strength, you're going to end up injuring yourself. Maybe not right away, but like at some point, um, which is also a lot of my like messaging of like, yes, you can do this, but also we should make sure your body's ready for it before you just right. throw yourself into it. Well, and that's just like good coaching, right? Is like being able to give them exposure that's at their own like level of readiness and be able to slowly progress that over time. But like so many things, and we were talking about this before we especially started recording, like people just want to jump in and try a bunch of hard things and do too much too soon. Yes. And- <laughs> right yeah and that's where I feel like the pole world is where the fitness industry still kind of is but probably was like 10 15 years ago where there's not a lot of like quality coaches yet and I'm hoping that people don't get pissed at me for that but like anyone can become a pole instructor there's no like certification there's no like you have to have some sort of like personal training or like exercise background like you tomorrow could decide to open a pole studio and like start teaching someone how to do pole dancing. What did that Which be is, fun? <laughs> like like what, what is like entertaining a little bit, but then it's also oh, yeah. like terrifying because like, I think people forget that there's one, like we go upside down, right? Like if you don't know what you're doing, like your head is like right there on the floor and like throw, yeah. Throwing your body weight around with like just your shoulders. Yeah. Like you're going to end up hurting yourself. That's a, a, yeah, another thing that I like try to promote a lot is like, there is like structure that can be applied to pole, even though it's not super sexy or like super fun, but like, just because someone decided that they wanted to start pole dancing doesn't mean that they should be taking seven classes a week. Like maybe they should start with like one and like slowly build. And like, maybe we shouldn't be asking brand new people to flip themselves upside down. Maybe we should like wait until like their body is ready, whether that's like, you know, two months or two years to get to that point. Right. It is interesting. And it it does. I mean, it's obviously a sport where there's like sexuality attached to it. Do you feel like that's something that's like really appealing for some people or really off putting or like what's the warm up period for people becoming like more open to that? Like, can we talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of people listening that are like maybe interested, but then may also have some hesitations around that. Yeah, album. that's very valid. So there's actually a lot of different styles of pole dancing. Like there's the, the umbrella of like pole dancing, but there is like the like super sexy, like almost stripper style where it's like, it's going to be like exotic and like raunchy. And like, that's the goal is to like express your sexuality. And then there's also like a super sporty version where it's like flips and like drops and like it's like look how strong I actually am and then there's a wide range in between and so I like I really struggled with like the sexual portion of it when I first started um like yay religious upbringing and so it took me like a really long time to get to the point where like I was like no I'm okay moving in like a sexual sensual manner but the rest of the time I was just like I want I want to work out like I want to come in and like feel like I got to work out in in a you know unique way and I will like watch the people that are like putting their heels on for the next class and be like I'm not ready for that and then now that it's been like six years I'm like okay I'm fine now like I've like had enough like self-growth and time exposure to it that it doesn't sound as scary Right. No, I think I just think it's like it's really interesting. And you see, I feel like I see that with the friends that that I know who do it. It's like you see that almost like that gradual warm-up period where there's maybe a little bit self-conscious initially, but eventually it's very open. Yeah. I feel like the the outfits too are like you can kind of tell where people are in their journey. So when I first started, I was wearing Nike, like running shorts and a tank top to class. And that I was like, I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to go work out. This is what I would wear if I were going to go to the gym, if I were going to go for a run, like it's fine. Um, and like my instructors at the time were, were super sweet. They're like, yep, you know, if that's what you feel comfortable wearing, eventually you're going to have to like take your tank top off because a lot of it is skin grip. So like you can take it off or you can just like lift it up so that you're like the side of your stomach's exposed. And then yeah, slowly my clothes got a lot smaller and then the heels got a lot higher. And now it's like, yeah, full, a lot of times it's like full ass where I'm like, you should probably not wear a thong for this Instagram video, Emily. Like maybe we put a different pair of bottoms on. I think, I mean, hey, I'm all for it. I think it's great. And I think it's great. I think it can also be super empowering for a lot of women to just like discover their bodies and their sexuality, being able to express themselves that way. I think it's, it's really an opportunity. I don't know to like tap into that a little bit. And when our culture doesn't really support that, especially like you said, like in the United States, like that has not, it's not something that's like super embraced. Um, yeah. So I think that using it through this, the lens of sports can be a really empowering way for women to discover that. Completely agree. Yeah. It's, it's a, we probably could talk about that a lot, <laughs> a lot, right? Like the messaging that women and girls get about their sexuality and about their bodies and like a lot of shame that's attached to, you know, some pretty normal feelings. Um, and then, yeah, having a, a space where like almost as that's the intent or like kind of the underlying intent is for you to like feel good in your body right. and be okay with exploring, you know, sensual sexual movement to whatever comfort level you're at currently. Right. And it seems like there's like, you get a wide variety of bodies there too. It's not just like fit little blonde girls, basically, right? Like you, we see a pretty wide variety of bodies and people involved in this, in this sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A wide variety of like body sizes, um, shapes, like ability levels. Like there's a yeah. whole, um, 
like I feel like it's pretty newer like disabled pole dancers is like a chunk that's starting to become a little bit more popular which like once again the the main messaging that most pole studios have is pole is for everybody and for everybody and like I love that with the asterisks of like we actually have instructors that are able to meet every single person where they're at which is the like gray some people can some people can't so of course well that leads well to make my next question so People that want to do pole dancing during pregnancy, what are some things that they should be aware of, uh, whether they're instructors or they're the actual um, like athletes, participants? What do they need to know about pole during pregnancy? Super great question. And I I figured you would ask this and I wish I had a very like con- clear, concise isn't yeah. that like the whole point though of like, yes, it's like, there's yeah. never just like a straightforward answer. There's not a straightforward answer. Of, like a lot of it's because there's so many different ways of like, what does pole mean to you? Like, are you the person that's wanting to do like flips and stuff? Like, okay, you know, probably not going to be able to like manage your pressure very well yeah. flipping. And then also like, should we be putting your baby at risk when like there's a metal apparatus that like you may or may not hit? If you're, you don't completely make it all the way around the pole. And then there's other styles where it's like, you're laying on your back and like moving your legs around and like, you know, looking like you're an inchworm on the ground. The modifications that I would give for each one of those would be, would be pretty different. But, um, I feel like just really basic things would be like, can you handle the load that you're asking your body to do? And then do you feel like safe and comfortable in in your body and I don't love the like just listen to your body because I know that 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 doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of people but your your body is changing and like you need to honor and respect that and that might mean that you go from doing flips to like we're going to stay on the floor and we're going to do like what you would consider like low level movements during this phase as opposed to I don't know I see a lot of pole dancers where they're still like literally throwing themselves around like full big belly and I'm like is now the time and the place isn't it crazy like how basically a lot of the coaching sentiments are the same across all sports and then we see like athlete brain come up in all sports and all like physical expressions during pregnancy and postpartum and I think we are so accustomed to thinking well it's like just crossfitters that think like that or train like that like no like this is dancers this is runners pole dancers this is uh, jujitsu. Like we yeah. see this avatar of like athlete brain in pregnancy and postpartum across the board, across the board. It's everywhere. Everywhere. And we need coaches that can like translate that and work with them and figure out like, okay, eh, maybe there is more to it than just listen to your body. Cause now there's like liability involved, there's safety, there's core and pelvic health, there's returning to the sport or the you know, activity, whatever it might be. And like, yeah. we translate that, but it, it's just these, it's interesting just to talk to other people who are, you know, heavily involved in sports and areas of interest that I'm not involved in, but the themes are the same. They are. And it's actually super interesting. Cause I was thinking a lot about you recently. Cause there's, there's like pole celebrities, just like, I'm sure there are yeah. in like other right forms of movement. influencers, influencers. Yeah. yeah. Um, quite a few of them got pregnant during COVID and seeing the the difference and how some of them chose to return to pole versus others. Like there were, there's one that I'm thinking of in particular that she was 
um, six weeks cleared and she was like up the pole going upside down doing like really really like high level things and it literally was like I got my six week clearance so like I'm back doing pole dancing and I'm like girl you like literally just gave birth yeah (laughs) like I'm like 99% sure that you had a c-section like we do not need to be like throwing ourselves upside down while also spinning right now and then there's other ones where oh oh gosh she's like almost a year postpartum and she's like you know what like my body finally feels like it's ready like I've been going PT I've been like doing all this stuff like I am gonna go upside down for the like first time now if you think about it like pole is so dynamic it requires so much strength so much control so much tension like all of those things are things you have to train too. You don't just automatically have. So just like we would talk about any sports, like returning to Olympic lifting or returning to muscle ups or returning to um, running or to a competition, you have to train up to that kind of output again, like both symptom threshold and athletic capacity. And a sport like pole is no different. It's very dynamic. It requires a lot of that control and strength. And you don't just automatically have that when your training has been very different throughout pregnancy. And then you've been recovering postpartum. Like it, again, a lot of these themes are so universal and complementary. Yes. And I feel like that's where a lot of pole dancers don't consider themselves athletes. Like that actually pisses a lot of people off that I will call I'll, I call pole a sport and I call pole dancers athletes. And they, I've gotten a lot of flack for it because they're like, no. Like we are dancers and I'm like, okay, but dancers are athletes. Like we are doing like really athletic things, whatever terminology you want, you want to put on yourself. But there's this like misconception that because I'm a dancer, my body doesn't work the same as like a runner's would or like a lifter's like, no, dance is different. And it's like, yes, but also the human body is the human body, regardless of what movement you choose to do with it. and like exercise science principles exist <laughs> regardless so of whether yeah whether you like want them to or not which is uh yeah it's interesting to to try to like connect the two which is also like a lot of my content is like periodization like exercise progression like we can apply these to pole and it either like blows people's minds or it really pisses them off because i'm telling them that like we can't just skip to step 7 like we, we have to start at once and then two. Right. I mean, it's so great though, that you're able to have that conversation because again, there's not a lot of people that are able to translate considerations of pregnancy and postpartum, especially as it relates to like exercise physiology to a sport like pole dancing. I think that's just such a unique skill set. So how yeah. are you, do you feel like with what you learned in the certification that it's, it is helping you generate more income and have like opportunities there to really like narrow in on that audience as well as your greater audience that you're working with. I haven't like truly marketed that I am a pregnancy and postpartum coach yet. That's been, um, it's been like an adventure of like, I wasn't planning on working with people online. And so I'm like, I just need to like kind of stick with stuff that I can almost do blindfolded, right? Like a shoulder injury, cool. A hip injury, cool. Um, but now that that is like, it's going really well. And I feel like people like kind of are like accepting that like virtual stuff works that I know what I'm talking about. 
I have plans to shift into like hip injuries because that's the second most common injury in pole dancers. And then in the fall is going to be my like pregnancy and postpartum like chunk of time. Yeah. It's, it's so needed. Um, and there's only, I can only think of like one other course that exists and I was creeping on it and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a little biased, but <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It'd be telling people that like their heart rate should not be over a certain like beat per minute. Yeah, I'm like, okay, we like, could do better in the 90s, but it's fine. It's 2023. Well, that's going to like die hard, you know? It's cool. Yeah. Um, Which, I was surprised. I was like, I, why are we still saying this? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just think it's like, it's just so interesting seeing how this has grown and then the opportunities that you've been able to cultivate. Like, yeah, because you wouldn't think of pole being something that you could, you know, support people online with. But obviously, we've figured out a lot of ways to work online and virtually with people to make care more accessible. And then to have like a, a practitioner who gets them and gets what they're what kind of injuries they're having, what kind of pain they're experiencing um, to be understood like that and to become like who you needed and then be able to pay that forward is so rewarding. It, yeah, it really is. And it- it's one where I feel like when you get in like kind of in the thick of doing the the same thing over, over and over and over again, that you can forget how really, truly important the work that you're doing is. And like how much, even just a, like an Instagram post, you know, I'll have, I had somebody message me the other day that they were like, I was going on the, the path of like injury. And then I saw one of your posts and I like consumed all of them. And now I'm like rethinking my entire training. So yeah, it's, yeah. The impact is there when you put yourself out there. Well, yeah. And I think that's a message that so many coaches need, like both like new, like PNPA coaches, but just coaches and practitioners in this industry as well, like looking to make a difference, but you do have to just put yourself out there because somebody will be helped by the content you create, by the programs you create, by your messaging and your consistency with that. That's what I really admire about you is like, you've been consistent with that. I love the posts that you put out there. I learned from them. It's not necessarily a sport that like I'm doing, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try a class. It's okay. I had a pole in my house in college, you know, like that was, I lived with like six oh. girls. It was a good time. Um, so I don't, I don't think I remember anything, but um, no, I don't know. I just, I think it's really informational and you do a great job of delivering that kind of content to people in a way that they can apply to themselves. Or if they do have uh, somebody who comes to them, if they're a PT or, you know, they are a PMPA coach and they, are trying to do pole and you're a great resource for that. So you've done a great job of putting that out there. And I think it's cool. Thank you. I admire admire you a lot. So where can people find you? Like what is your Instagram? So people can go creep on, you now? Yeah. Super great question. It's um, at dr.emilyrausch. And I spell my name E-M-I-L-Y-R-A-U-S-C-H. Okay. And where could somebody like work with you? If maybe they want to do a virtual consultation or, check out the programs that you have on the horizon. Where can they find you? Yeah, my website is dremilyrausch.com. You can creep around and see what offerings I'm currently doing. I'm shifting from, not completely from one-on-one stuff, but I'm adding in like more group stuff because um, I think that's going to be a way for me to have a a bigger impact um, beyond the one-on-ones. But I do, yeah, work with people one-on-one. I make you talk to me before we'll, we'll work together, which some people have big feelings about, but I like to make sure I can like actually help you before you just like show up on my calendar. 
Um, and then yeah, stay tuned for the pregnancy and postpartum poll course before the end of the year. I'm hoping for the fall, like September ish is my target for that one. I love it. I love that you're taking, you know, the what you've learned in that course and what you've done over time. And then you're gonna be able to help so many people in such a really specific way. And that is hundred percent needed in the greater fitness industry. And I'm just super grateful for your work and everything you're doing. Thanks. You too. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey everyone. I wanted to let you know that enrollment for my coaching certification program, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism opens soon. So if you are a coach, an athlete, a practitioner, somebody in the medical community, who wants to change the game for pregnant and postpartum athletes, this is the certification course for you. Go ahead and get on the wait list for it. That's at www.briannabattles.com slash waitlist. I would love to have you join the team of international coaches that are truly making a difference in their online and local communities. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you. And please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Thank you.